Welcome to a Pearlcast interview segment with your host, Josh McAdams. Welcome to Pearlcast. This is Josh McAdams here with an interview with Matt Trout, the creator of DBIX Class. In this interview, Jonathan Rockway and I talked to Matt about ORMs and Pearl. Pearlcast is sponsored in part by Stonehenge Consulting. Stonehenge offers worldwide Pearl training and consulting services from some of Pearl's most recognized experts. Visit Stonehenge.com to find out more. So I guess we were going to talk a little bit about DBIX class and ORMs in general. So Matt, did you uh, create a DBIX class, is that correct? Well, I, I kind of more regard myself as project founder these days, given we've got um, something over 30 committers and there's usually half a dozen um, fairly active at any given time. Um, I mean, it, it was originally, originally, believe it or not, supposed to be a research project. Um, came out of having done the class DBI suite stuff, which added um, joins and prefetch, as in, acti- in the style of active records, include as a subclass of class DBI. Um, and after it got to a certain point where I found I was spending more time fighting class DBI and working around it than anything else. And I spent quite a lot of time looking at um, how to refactor it but basically came to the conclusion that because that the code had accumulated enough cruft by that point that it wasn't refactorable without um, being... Well, it could theoretically have been refactored, but the main thing that... One of the things that people were very big on with Class DBI was its stability. And it really wasn't possible to clean out the code base without um, introducing compatibility issues for people upgrading. You know, there's there's a, there's a point at which you know that there's code out there that's relying on things that are effectively bugs, and I had a chat with um, Tony Bowden, the maintainer off list, basically saying I'd love to refactor this, but I don't think it's possible to do it in a way that's acceptable, and he basically went, no, agreed. So I thought, well, Let's start a research project and um, start experimenting with how we do it pro- with um, how we do it properly the second time round. Um, went for total multiple inheritance, which wasn't necessarily the best um, solution, but was the but was the way that gave us the most flexibility because I wanted to experiment with making everything as componentized as possible. The original um, thought was to try and make it basically an ARM construction kit, so you put together just the components that you wanted um, for that application and didn't take a hit for anything you didn't use. Um, and so I started hacking on that with the um, class DBI test suite as a guideline, but trying to keep the bug compatibility stuff out in a separate layer. And then um, there were some unfortunate stresses on the class DBI mailing list and suddenly a lot of people were looking for an alternative and I ended up with production users at which point I sort of went oh my god (laughs) Um, and we went into a sort of a more stable form and people started contributing and the rest is kind of history. So DBX class is definitely production ready code by force more than anything it sounds like then. It's it's People were putting it into production long before I considered it. Produ- I considered it production quality, but um, I'm quite hard on my own code. I tend um, to try and take the time to do things as properly as possible when I'm doing open source stuff. Um, I mean, what what's 
what is acceptable for production as application code is a lot different to something that's um, good enough in my mind to be a cPanel library that thousands of people are going to use. But it's proven pretty scalable, pretty stable, and although people, have, people often have a bit of trouble getting the hang of it conceptually when they first start using it, um, we seem to have a lot of happy users now. Okay, so I guess um, <clears throat> one of my questions is, how did you decide to start using Class DBR or some sort of ORM? I mean, when did you decide that Plain SQL wasn't cutting it anymore for you? Um, I think it was, it was back in late 2000, early 2001, when I was doing um, provisioning automation um, for an ISP. Uh, I was writing rewriting a version of the code um, that handled generating um, DNS and web and mail data um, and I just I ba basically thought well I've got a chance Let, let's scout around and try try and do this as fully OO as possible um, and keep everything abstracted and poked around on the net and pearl.com uh, found class DBI, looked at it and went, that's way more elegant than having SQL all over the application. And started started using it. And I mean, at that point, I was very much sort of junior developer. Um, but I played with it and had a go, and it, se it seemed to work pretty well. And that code base stayed in production for four or five years at least. So it wasn't. It clearly can't have been too bad. Are there times whenever it's more appropriate to just embed SQL? Maybe not embed it directly in your code, but to generate out an SQL statement instead of doing an ORM. Well, all an ORM really is is an abstracted way of doing that. Um, I mean, pe people 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 get really hung up on it, but on it, but really all it is is a way of abstracting away the SQL in your application. Uh, you can do it all by hand. It just tends to be uh, more effective to use a library so you don't end up reinventing wheels all the time. I tend with DBIX class to always have it generating the SQL, but that's really as much for uniformity of architecture across the code base as anything else. It's not. Uh, I don't actually hate SQL. I think it's a fantastic, to fantastic tool for the job, and while there were ways in which I'm sure it could have been designed better. It's it's good enough. It stood the test of time. Uh, it, it comes into the same sort of 80% solution category as things like uh, the Unix shell and the overall architecture of Unix systems and stuff. But there is a basic problem in that once you're when you're mixing languages, you end up in a situation where one language is going to be seen as te as just text by the other language which means that your um, compilation checking and stuff can't happen automatically. So you end up in a situation where, it, where it's better to push that as far back as possible into one library that handles it and can be um, unit tested and etc. in isolation. Um, and then the rest of your application builds upwards on top of that. Yeah, I've, I've had it drilled in my head often that uh, once the SQL gets to a certain level of complexity that uh, it gets very difficult to do it inside an ORM and I was just wondering what you had thought about that. It sounds like you say that even the, OR, the ORM can still generate that SQL and then it keeps all that code in the Perl. 
if the ARM can't generate the SQL that you want, then that's that's fundamentally a limitation in the ARM. It's not a limitation of the concept. Uh, I mean, the 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 thing where you do where you do run into an issue is that um, there is an impedance mismatch between um, relational modeling and object-oriented modeling. But you can address that in a number of ways, and there's you always get impedance mismatches in applications. The trick is to build an abstraction that gets rid of the impedance mismatch for that specific application and the way that application need, need worldview um, needs to see the database. Uh, you you can't eliminate it, but equally, you know, if if there if if there weren't impedance in, impedance mismatches between di between different models. Then you wouldn't really have a need for programming. You could, there's all, there's effectively um, a user interface is a bridge across the impedance mismatch between the user's worldview of a problem and the computer's worldview of it. Um, figuring figuring out the modeling and how to translate across is a, a lot is pretty much for me what programming is about. So it's not something that bothers me that much. There are ways in which a lot of ORMs could be getting the expressivity right without ending up with something that's overly complicated is a bit of a pain in the neck but um, all you can really do there is, is iterate towards it, see what the users think and see where you get. So um, something I've heard from people that are mostly haven't really tried ORMs yet is one of the problems they have is they, they like the relational model and all the set theory that they can do with the tuples and they can't really boil things down to a class. Like, should each query you want to do be a class because it returns different columns? Or, I mean, do you like the DBIX class approach better where you just say you want to join and you want these columns, and then from that particular result set you can get the data that you're looking for? The way DBIX class does it is, in a lot of ways, a bit of a hack, but it's a hack that seems to hit, that seems to hit the sweet spot reasonably well in terms of you can declare a class per um, per sort of um, result type that you're dealing with if you want to, but most people find that for the majority of cases, um, it's fine just to basically have a class representing the primary table, as it were, in a query, and to just regard columns that you're not using as um, attributes that you can't call. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd very much like to use something along the lines of the way um, C++ templating operates to be able to actually um, check that and encode it more directly. Um, some of the stuff that um, Microsoft Research has been doing with the um, link language integrated neutral query, that's probably the wrong expansion of the acronym, but it's close enough, is very interesting in that regard. Um, and more recently we've added some trickery to dbits class that makes it possible when all you really need is a data structure to just get a hash back. Um, so you do just get a data structure. But a lot of the time it's still worthwhile having the object there if only so that you can play with, um, so that your consuming code can see it in terms of accessor methods to call. Um, and then if you need to fiddle with the way the data structure and the query operates underneath, it's fairly easy to do that um, and still preserve compatibility with the consumers. 
So DBIX class, I, I'm guessing, supports quite a few of the major databases, the Postgres, the MySQL, the Oracles, the DB2s, SQLites, all of those. I'm sure there's some more. As far as uh, optimizations for each, I mean, is it smart enough to know when it's hitting an Oracle database and do things to, to kind of tweak for Oracle? Or has that layer been added? Mostly in terms of SQL generation, we, we just try, try and generate rel relatively standard SQL. Um, optimizing for a specific database is quite hard because there's no general solution because you're not really optimizing for the database engine in general so much as you're optimizing for your specific data layout on that database engine and things like what indexes you've got and how your table spaces are laid out and even down to which spindles things are on can make just as big a difference in performance as the database engine itself. So given that largely needs to be solved in a data model specific fashion, the um, basic aim is, ju is just to make sure the um, toolkit is powerful enough that people can optimize it and leave them to do it. Um, the one thing that I think has been a huge win, which pretty much fell out by accident just from factoring the design to be clean, is the result set concept, which allows you to um, operate very much in terms of set operations at that level, um, because you're, it, you effectively start, start off with a result of select star from table. And then each time you apply a search to that, you're effectively applying a where clause outside of that. I mean, the SQL we eventually generate is pretty much equivalent to um, each time um, you do a search operation or traverse across a um, join or whatever um, is equivalent to basically taking the existing query, sticking brackets around the outside, and then treating that as an element of your from clause for the next one. Um, I've I've actually seen seen some fairly impressive code that pretty much does exactly that, um, which works very well on Postgres because the optimizer will unroll subselects um, in the from clause up to quite a few layers deep, but other database engines won't handle that so well. So we obviously try and generate fairly normal looking SQL. Um, the other thing being, if you if the SQL looks pretty similar to what you would have generated, to what you would have written yourself, had you written the query by hand, it's much easier to get a conceptual handle on what's going on and to optimize it. So you said you have thirty committers roughly on the project now. Uh, what actually are you guys working on? It's, uh, new features for the project, just general stability. Uh, can you give us a little idea of where this is going? Um, a lot of the things that being looked at at the moment are there's various bits of performance and robustness enhancement in the um, current development branch um, there's two topic branches that need to merge back to current before the next release one is um, providing basically the ability to pass um, a bunch of data structures for related records in other tables to the initial constructor and have um, the insert just happily go away and insert into various different tables um, without, without um, inducing foreign key errors and stuff. And the other branch is a, um, one that I've been swearing at for quite some time now which is basically a rewrite of the way it collapses down results um, 
to go from re records returned to the query to a data structure that can be either handed out to the user or handed to object inflation, which is um, actually quite a difficult problem once you get into fetching one-one and one-many relationships at the same time because you have to basically correlate by the um, keys that you're joining across, um, fetch the right number of records and collapse it down. So if you, you effectively have, say, three records coming back, um, that actually becomes a single result where one of its properties is an array ref of three entries. Um, that becomes quite difficult, and we've, I've ended up having to do pretty much a complete rewrite of that part of the code. Um, to get rid of some subtle and extremely unpleasant bugs that are um, extant for complex structures. The other main things that are coming in in the next release are going to be uh, versioning support. So if you're using DBits class to um, deploy your database and do all your uh, DDL stuff, it will be able to do partial changes. So you can say, my database is currently version 1. Um, call what I have now version 2 and generate out the alters and creates and drops that are required to move the schema from version 1 to version 2. Uh, we looked at things like the um, active record migration style and stuff, but um, that then ends up with you've got part of your um, class, de effectively your class definitions are off in a separate set of files which just becomes horrible. So what we're doing instead is basically saying, just write the classes normally, and we'll figure out the diff for you and just apply that automatically in the background. Uh, there's going to be a lot of work to be done to get that um, elegant and working for every combination of possibilities. Things like renames are going to be a complete pain to sort out. But it's coming along, and it seems to work pretty well. And I'm fairly sure that we've got the right solution here. Um, it's just going to take time to um, make it cover every case. The things that we're looking for going forwards are primarily now um, extra sugar and quicker ways of doing common things and making things like many, many relationships more elegant so that you don't have to think about the fact that there's a join table there. You can just see it as um, the class on each side has um, basically a list of, uh, well, a set really of records in the other table and make the actual underlying implementation transparent to the developer, which, which again gets past some of the impedance mismatch um, and improve our support for various forms of SQL and some of the more complicated transactional handling. One of the advantages that we have now is. Um, SQL abstract, which is the SQL generator we use, um, is now going to, is going forward going to be maintained by the DBIX class team because the old maintainer didn't really have time and we've been doing a lot of work customizing it. And I'm, I mentioned this yesterday on the mailing list and already I've had um, somebody to, to, um, wanting to help with testing and somebody who's got a load of customizations of his own that he's made to improve the functionality, um, wanting to, um, showing a willingness to put that together and patch it. So hopefully we'll get a few more contributors out of that. And SQL Abstract will increase massively in terms of power. We'll finally get um, D 
decent, better support for um, calling stored functions and stuff, which is possible now, but a little bit clunky. And um, proper subselect support, where you can take a dbits class level result set and say, and just apply that as an in or an, or an, or as an exists, and it'll automatically just generate out the appropriate SQL for that query in line in the uh, main query as a subcell, which will be fantastic. And these that and support for more complicated join conditions are probably the two SQL level things that um, users at the moment are screaming for the most. And I am so looking forward to having those myself. Okay, so um, do you see any progress being made on perhaps unifying to make one Perl ORM, maybe collaborating with the Jifty DBI folks and Rose. Uh, yeah, and Rose DBI? We had, there is um, a sort of a, an ORM cabal going. Um, the features of things like data object driver and Jifty DBI um, when the DBIT's class doesn't have yet, we're looking to get merged in. I, I want to steal the partitioning and caching stuff from DOD. And I quite like some of the way the Jifty DBI declarative API works, which is something that we can build as a sugar layer um, around DBITS class. Um, once DBITS class gets to the point where it supports the, where the versioning's shaken out and a few extra bits of API are in place, um, I'm hoping to persuade the Jifty guys to help me fold in any remaining features they need because uh, I've, I've been chatting to Jesse all, all along the process um, and he really doesn't want to maintain a norm. I mean, I, I wasn't particularly intending to, but I don't have a lot of choice in the matter these days. So, um, you know, I actually quite enjoy it for some slightly masochistic reason. So with a bit of luck, we'll see DBITS class take over from from Jifty DBI in the long run if that goes down well with the Jifty community. I mean, obviously, I can't say Jifty DBI does have some nice things, but if we can replicate the appy parts that they're particularly fond of, then with a bit of luck, it'll be a porting target for them if they want it. Uh, if we can get the partitioning stuff in, that's a, that's a massive benefit to DBITS class users anyway and may provide... Um, a porting target for data object driver people. So I think I think six apart are currently looking at a situation where they want to steal a bunch of features from DBITS class that they haven't got in DOD. So if we can get them into DBITS class first, maybe they'll they'll want to migrate. Maybe they won't. The one arm that I've that I significantly don't see um, there being. Um, sort of crosstalk with his Rose DB object because Rose DB object is an amazingly good piece of engineering but is optimized absolutely for um, speed over and um, elegance over a relatively simple class of operations. It's not as extensible, it's not as flexible, but um, in return for, for for losing for losing those things, um, John Syracuse can do a lot of performance optimizations that DBITS class won't get for a long time, if ever. Um, and he and I chat about stuff quite regularly, and we um, steal ideas and bits of code from each other. But we're we're aiming for different design considerations. So 
um, I, ex I expect the, I expect the two projects to continue to continue to exist and um, within their appropriate scenarios it's a no-brainer choice to, p to pick one or the other um, I think Nubik's class is probably more because it works on flexibility is better for the majority of cases but if your performance constraints are stuff that it's that DBIC is simply too slow and you want to use an ORM, Rose DB Object is a brilliant piece of work. Thank you for listening to another Pearlcast interview. Have something to say to the Pearl community? Got an idea for an interview or maybe just have some feedback for the show? We'd love to hear from you here at Pearlcast. Send an email to pearlcast at gmail.com and let us know what's on your mind.